Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Uh, okay, trauma. Trauma shows up in the most unexpected places in the most inconvenient ways sometimes. And for me, trauma showed up in the, one of the oddest places when in the height of the COVID pandemic, right after lockdowns, I thought enough's enough with these sweatpants and messy bun days, I'm getting my eyebrows microbladed. So I left the house, three layer mask in tow, went to my appointment. And after a quick few minutes uh, speaking to the lady about how the appointment would go, she told me to lie down on the table. I can still picture that pink uh, three layer mask that I had because there was still that big mask mandate. It felt almost impossible to breathe. And then she lowered those lights down on my face and instantly, I just started to cry and it wasn't like I was sobbing, but it was these big, slow elephant tears. My family always called them when kids in our family would cry like that. And I just couldn't stop. And she looked a little taken aback and she kept saying, are you okay? And uh, are you sure? You know, you must just be really nervous. It's hard to be around people. And I just, all I could think about was wanting to get out of there and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And she said, you know what, sweetie, I just don't think this is a good day for you to do this. So why don't you just come back at another time? So I got into my car and I went home and I cried the whole way home because all I could think about in that moment was another time and another place where it felt impossible to breathe and where there was big bright lights shining down on my face. And I was transported in that moment in the microblading appointment to that time and place in my life. So to take you back to that moment, the time that I woke up 11 years earlier, I was in the hospital after being placed in a medically induced coma from H1N1. So the parallels were there with the pandemic, with the H1N1. At the time they were calling it a pandemic, but I guess it turned out to not be statistically a pandemic, but that's for another day. But uh, so I was hospitalized with H1N1 um, from complications and put into a medically induced coma. And for me, my trauma or what I thought was the trauma always started at the moment that I woke up in the hospital because here I was trached and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't even move my arms because I'd been lying still for six weeks. So your muscles atrophy. So I basically was just lying there and I couldn't move a muscle. So that's what I always, for 11 years until that microblading appointment, thought, oh, this is the trauma. It was being in the hospital. It was learning how to breathe again. It was learning how to walk again. It was getting out of the hospital 169 days after I'd been there and that was it. That was the traumatic event that I had faced and gone through. And all that other time in the hospital, when I was awake and unconscious, to me, that never seemed like trauma. That was just my family's trauma, my husband's trauma, because they had witnessed me in that moment, but it wasn't mine. And it took a microblading appointment for me to realize 
No, that trauma is held in our bodies. Our bodies really experience trauma too. And they also need to uh, release that trauma. So yeah, I just sort of said this already, but trauma is held at a cellular level. Our bodies do hold trauma. And after that microblading, I started doing some work, breath work and um, some like us counseling. And I, I started really thinking about the trauma that my body had gone through. And it felt a little bit like for those 11 years, I had thought that in a way I'd been able to separate that girl in the ICU from myself. But it came to my realization as that light was sort of shining down on me and I was just like lying there at the microblading appointment that no, there, there had been some serious trauma that my body had gone through. It was my body, not some random person on Grey's Anatomy's who had been put in a medically induced coma, who'd been put on life support with this machine that they put in your neck. It's called ECMO and it goes into your groin. And the, the entire purpose of this machine is to pump your blood out of your body and back in again so that it oxygenates it. It was my body, not just some random other person's that I didn't know who had gone on that for the longest time at that point that anyone had been in ECMO in the ICU. Now it's like tripled that amount of time, but at the time it was my body that had done that and survived. It was my body that had done the first ever, um, they had decided to do the first ever in ICU surgery in my room because when they went to move me, I had a cardiac arrest and a doctor jumped on my body and resuscitated me for two minutes. And so they thought, okay, we can't take her to the ER or the OR, sorry. So we'll just do the surgery here. So it was the first time they'd ever done that surgery. And it was my body that they did that surgery on in the ICU. And then there's a host of other things, but the one that sticks out for me is it was also my body that lost a, a lung. So in a last attempt to, to save my life, they said, your lung is necrotic, so meaning it's dying. So they told my family that in order to save my life, they'll take my lung out. So they took it out and the thoracic surgeon said that there was a 20% chance that I'd survive that surgery. So that's an 80% chance of dying. And it really didn't hit me for like 11 years that it was actually me, right? My body, my person, this vessel that I walk in that had gone through that trauma. I just was able to like, I guess, disassociate from it. So when we think about trauma in general, we often do as humans, and not, it wasn't, I guess, just me. It's like a, a fact that we often think of trauma as the big event that happens. And that is traumatic. The event that happens is traumatic too. But what we often neglect is to think about that body trauma, that cellular trauma that happens when our bodies go through that fight or flight response. Uh, fight, and I know there's like more to than fight or flight now. It's like fight, flight, fawn. But that response there is how our bodies react to stress. The, um, there's a story that people often use to talk about, um, going through the, say, trauma cycle of getting that adrenaline and all that stuff that pumps up when our bodies go through trauma out of our body. And an example that's often used is a bunny being chased by a tiger. Right, so if you think of bunnies being chased by a tiger, in those moments, they get chased. And if the bunny survives, what a bunny will do, what it's like programmed to do in its body is the bunny will shake and it will shake 
to release all of that adrenaline, all that stuff that just like came into their being in that fight or flight response to get rid of it and be able to move on. And um, that's what we don't, we don't do. And some of the lifelong effects of body held trauma, they can kind of come up in things like depression, anxiety, alcohol abuse, if we hold on to these traumas in our body without being able to release them. So I guess my entire point is I really think that in general as a society, we need more education when it comes to the entire process of healing from trauma, including the body held trauma. What, what I've always sort of said we do in the hospital is we send people on their way. We say, you know what, you survived this, you were cured, you are better, you're good now. Like, and, and we believe that as a society and we're like, yeah, why am I not okay? Why am I still sad? Why can't, why is no amount of like money spent on talk therapy getting me over and I'm not over, of course, you're never going to be over it, but getting me to be able to move on from this place of stuckness, right? And it's because there's no amount of talk therapy that can do that, like shaking like the bunny, right? And so it, it requires things like EMDR therapy or tapping like Heidi was talking about earlier or somatic, um, somatic healing to be able to release the, the trauma that our bodies have been through. So that's, I guess my point is just that I hope that there comes a day where we can all educate in terms of the healthcare system and so on, that people, trauma isn't just the event. And while the event is certainly a big part of the, having talking around the event is certainly part of the healing process, we really do need to also recognize the trauma our bodies go through in these states and help people be able to move forward and live a healthy and prosperous life from there. So thank you for having me. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.